If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everybody, welcome back to On Deck, the PC podcast that focuses heavily on the Steam Deck. I'm Bill, that's Lloyd. Lloyd, how are you doing this morning, man? I'm doing fantastic, Bill. I was uh, went out for a date night with uh, with my wife last night. We went to a Cirque du Soleil show. Ooh. Went for dinner after. It was it was weird. It was getting out getting out in the real world. Um, was uh, was was not something that I'm used to after three years of not doing that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it's definitely and. So my wife and I uh, went on uh, like a date night the other night as well. And we went to a restaurant and then we stopped down at this uh, place that had some live music. And when my wife and I got married, like she already had our daughter. Like, so we never got to do that stuff ever. And so it's really weird, uh, like being able to spend time, no kids, it's very strange, but uh, at the end of the day, we end up pu- pulling out our phones and looking at pictures of the kids anyway, because, <laughs> you know, isn't it? It's weird that we're, we're away from the kids and we're talking about them the whole entire time. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Why? 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 Why can't I get away from this? <laughs> uh, all right. So, hey, if you guys didn't know, uh, this is on deck uh, and big thank you to all of the YouTube members that support the show. We really do appreciate that. Um, and a real quick, big thank you to uh Members who've been sending in uh, co- Steam codes for us to give away. If you haven't joined the community Discord yet, that's how we give them away. We don't give them away in the comments. Those things are scams. Um, but join our community Discord. There is a link in the description down below that like button. Or if you're listening to the podcast, there's a link in the show notes that will take you there. And uh, join the Discord and uh, sign up for a giveaway. We're going to be doing multiple giveaways this week, so make sure that you sign up again over at our Discord channel, which is nerdnest.tv slash Discord. All right, uh, before we get started with the actual show, uh, Lloyd had some stuff that he wanted to make a quick announcement about the change of the show. Yeah, yeah. So um, after 17 years creating content, I am made the hard decision to take a step back um, just because of real life stuff, nothing serious, more just no free time uh, with uh, teenage kids, uh, increased work and everything that goes along with it. So I am taking an, an, a complete step back, uh, a, a jump off the cliff, uh, as it were, uh, for nerd nest. So Bill, Bill is now the 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 sole the sole nest uh, sitter, I guess uh, I'm going to be. I'm going to be stopping doing uh, all content uh, in the very near future. So what that means for this show is I'm going to still hopefully come on uh, for for a few more weeks. uh, And and that will be the kind of the end of my run. It doesn't mean I'm going away entirely. I'll still be on the Discord. Um, I'll still be hopefully guesting on the show every once in a while. If uh, big, big news comes out and uh, stuff like that. But that's that's kind of what I wanted to say. Yeah. Stopping. Doing the stuff over at res.tv as well. Uh, all the podcasting, all that stuff is going to be on hold after 17 years of playing games because I had to or because I should. <laughs> I'm going to go back to a time of playing games because I want to. So it's going to be uh, quite the change in my life. Uh, but hopefully uh, it won't be too much of a change here for you fine folks that have been uh I don't know, watching us for when did we start this? Like three years ago, right, Bill? Uh well, it was in it was like halfway through two thousand seventeen. No, two thousand nineteen uh is when we started, like right. the summer of two thousand nineteen, I believe. Uh yeah, so it's it's been a long time. Steady it's been like four years. Oh geez, time flies, man. And that's that's part of the reason, to be quite honest with you. Like I'm noticing like my son is sixteen, my daughter is fourteen, gonna be fifteen, and it's like I've been doing this for their whole entire lives. How did, how did time go this fast? So mm-hmm. I have a, um, 
I, I have a clock uh, that walks around and makes jokes uh, at my expense in the house, and they're called my kids. Um, so, so I'm taking a bit of a break to uh, spend a little bit more family time. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, there's nothing bad um, other than time restraints uh, or time constraints, I guess. Um, and and that's kind of what I'm hoping to um, solve, I guess. Not that it's a huge problem, but it's just some changes that I need to make. Yeah, it's 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 definitely it's going to make things. Uh, I'm going to miss having Lloyd to bounce ideas off of and and talk about stuff with. And I don't know that I can. I don't know if I'm going to ever be able to find somebody that Lloyd and I like. We our rapport together is so good. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to find somebody to podcast with that's at Lloyd's level. Uh, so he's definitely going to be missed, but he's not going to be forever. He'll pop in. From time to time when when he like says, hey, Bill, I want to talk about this. I'll be like, all right, come on the show, man. Let's talk about it. Or when I say, hey, Lloyd, I need a damn vacation. <laughs> Can you cover for me for a little bit? Uh, I'm sure that he'll be uh, jumping in there, too. So uh, and yeah, if you, yeah it's going to be. Oh, sorry. I didn't. I didn't. Mean That's to cut OK. You off. Uh, what, what's what about this rapport that you were just talking about, Bill? Come on, <laughs> Jumping all over your words. No, like what I'm going to be doing is part of part of what the big changes is, is this room that I'm in right now is going to be torn apart completely. So stuff behind me, stuff in front of me, all that stuff is going to be gone um, because we're we're changing the way that stuff is done in this house a little bit. Uh, which, but I am keeping my microphone. I'm keeping my headset and <laughs> keeping all this stuff. So if I need to, I can jump in. I'm there may be like the, the view of like open drywall behind me and paint <laughs> and like lights hanging from a from a thread or a string kind of going like this, like similar to Resident Evil, I guess um, there might be more Resident Evil scenes uh, when I do a, a video over the next little while. But uh, for the next few weeks, at least everything's going to be the same. There you go. All right. Well, uh, Lloyd, you're going to be missed. But if we miss you too bad, we'll be able to hang out on Discord. So make sure that you join the Discord and, and hang out. Look for Dazmi on Discord. <laughs> hey, everybody, I just want to be 100% clear. I'm in the middle of editing this video, and I just want to make sure everybody understands that the show is going to continue. The channel is going to continue. I'm not going anywhere. All right. Back to the show. Uh, awesome. I wanted to have a quick discussion about installing games on the steam deck because i okay i have the 512 version and i have a terabyte sd card and i still have lots of room for the games that i have installed on the steam deck but what i notice is sometimes when i go to install a game it says where would you like to install this and like i was like well maybe but then other times it doesn't ask me that and I was like, well, maybe it was because like that game was too big to fit on whichever uh, storage solution. And so it just said it was smart enough to just say, we're not going to give this idiot the choice because he's going to pick the wrong thing, probably. But right, that's not the right. case, because it's like little 100 megabyte games or something uh, like I installed. Um, I have to look at the oh, uh, morbid or something like that's a very small game. And I had plenty of room on both things and it didn't ask me. And I don't know what causes are. Do you run into this issue as well? Um, I've, I've been seeing that every once in a while now um, uh, post like format and reinstall and all that junk that I talked about a couple episodes ago. I, I'm seeing that now where I never saw it before. So I just assumed it was due to actually having free space on my internal drive now where I was sitting at like a gigabyte free uh, for the longest time. Um, maybe that's not the case, though, if, if you're saying that it's that it's not happening. I just I made that assumption just because I never had space before. Now I have space now and I can actually see the stuff. Yeah, or I can actually see the little where do you want to install thing. Right. And it, it, it asks me sometimes and then other times it doesn't ask me. And I don't know what's causing it. And if any of you do know. Let us know if you're listening to this or if you're watching this on the YouTube, then in the comments down below, or you can join our community discord and let us know uh, there where like what's going on there. And if you are at valve and you know, the reason to this, please reach out and uh, let us know. It's really, really weird. Anyway, that was my big question. Lloyd doesn't have any insight here because he doesn't work at valve and neither do I. So I guess we'll just have have to be sitting here in uh, mystery. What was that? And I have such a small, small Steam Deck with only 64 gigs of internal storage. So um, uh, maybe 
Uh, actually, it's a funny story. Over the last uh, week, even though I'm not, I'm still, I'm still a Steam Deck freak. Although you wouldn't know it by from this week, based when we get into what we've been playing. Um, I, I've been trolling uh, eBay auctions and uh, Amazon and looking online for cheap 512 gig uh, SSDs that I can uh, put inside my Steam Deck because 64 gigs ain't enough for me. Um, so that I, I might come back uh, in, a, in, a, in a month or whatever, Bill, to tell the horrible story of how I destroyed my Steam Deck by opening it up and changing my internal drive or something. It'll make for, for good content for the show, I think. Well, when you when you do that, just remember to take the SD card out yes, first. Otherwise, yes. it'll ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen so many pictures that make me it just hurt my heart so deeply seeing one terabyte drives that are snapped in half because people didn't remove them. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, let's talk about what we have been playing. I'm going to start us off with a game that I actually got like forever ago and put like no time into but i just installed it on my steam deck this week and i've played a little bit i have not had a lot of time this week to play um but i played a little bit of it and that is graveyard keeper uh graveyard keeper if you don't know is like this really dark uh macabre is it macabre or yeah 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 yeah, macabre version of stardew valley where Something happens to your character. I think you're hit by a car at the very beginning of the of the game. And you are sent into this weird alternate dimension where you are the graveyard keeper. And it's kind of like in Stardew Valley where you have to build up your grandfather's farm or your uncle's farm or whatever, whoever it was. And uh, improve things and deal with people in, in the in the town. And in Graveyard Keeper, you have to build up the graveyard. It's been dilapidated for 30 years. You show up. There is a talking head that demands beer and forces you to do horrific things. And when I say horrific things, they are horrific, but it's not horrific in like, ooh, that's gross to look at. It's just a progress bar as you do these awful things that I won't tell you about. Right. And uh, you got to do these things and talk to the the magic talking skull that wants you to go get beer from the tavern. Uh, and build up the graveyard, make it nicer so you can get promoted to like cleric and open up the church and all of these things. And it's really cool. And they've got, it's got very positive reviews on steam right now. Um, and they've got some, I mean, when I picked it up, it didn't have DLC, but now it has all kinds of weird DLC that is like, um, they've got the, uh, DLC that was like, um, oh my God, what's the, the bald chemistry teacher. Yeah, Breaking Bad. Breaking, they have a Breaking yeah, Bad one. Yeah, they have Breaking Dead and yeah. Better Call Stranger Soul. Sins. Yeah, Stranger Sins. Yeah, they have a bunch of uh, really, really interesting themed uh, DLC for the game. Yeah. So, have you played that one, Lloyd? Uh, I have. Um, I I was part of the beta way back in the day on Steam. So I played this when it was um, when it was being brought to to systems, and then again when it came out for like. I want to say Nintendo Switch or whatever. Um, I got a, a a review code for that as well and was going through that. Um, it's it's really fun. I I love management games. Um, back back all the way to like BBSs back in the day. There would be like uh, the Warriors or not the Warriors Graveyard, uh, Legend of the Red Dragon or whatever. And that wasn't really management. Um, but you would go in every day. You would do your tasks. Um, and and then there were some some uh, add-ons to that game that were very macabre uh we'll we'll say um and when i started playing graveyard keeper it made me think of that so it's like a it's like a cross between stardew valley and i don't know um like a spoopy uh, scary game not not a really entirely like terrific or terrifying uh, or terror terrifying i don't want to say terrific um um game it's it's a heck of a lot of fun though because like yeah if you are running a funeral parlor what would be what would be your raw resource? Uh, I won't say it. I won't say it. But what would be your raw resource in 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 a funeral home? And that is kind of what this game is all about. And it's it's done in kind of a, a weird kind of lightly gross kind of way. And yeah, had just a, a just a oodles of fun with Graveyard Keeper when it first came out. It's a very, very funny game. Uh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Speaking of Keeper games, you've been playing uh, Core Keeper again, haven't you? Yeah, I've been uh, the main I haven't really played a lot of Steam Deck like this was the first week uh, that I can remember after getting it that I haven't touched my Steam Deck on one day. Like in the past, it would be every single day I'd play at least five minutes of something. 
And there was a couple days this week that I didn't even touch my Steam Deck, and it's not to do with my announcement of leaving the show or anything. It has to do with um, one of my favorite uh, Nintendo Switch games getting a sequel, which was Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So I've been playing uh, every waking moment that I have. I've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3 on my my Switch. Uh, but when I need a palate cleanser, because I've talked about that in the past, I, I like having these games that I can dip into to to cleanse the palate after playing a certain game for a long time. Um, I, I jumped into two games, Lego City Undercover, um, because I love Lego games and Core Keeper, like you said, Bill, um, Core Keeper is no better on Steam Deck than it was when I first started playing it. But that doesn't seem to matter to me. Uh, I've been playing with my Steam Deck plugged in. And I've been just having a blast um, making my way through Core Keeper and just, yeah, playing playing through the different worlds, trying to find the resources I need. I'm, I'm after uh, tin right now, uh, which is really hard to get because it's in an area where these like big like grubs kind of attack you. And there's like a really large one that like one hit kills me. So it's like, how do I get this re- raw resources that I need to do this thing? Um, there's something really, really compelling about this game. And, and again, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Terraria. I'm a huge fan of Minecraft, and this is kind of like a, a great amalgamation of the both of them. Um, and even though it doesn't play great, it drops to like 12 frames a second at times on my steam deck. I'm having just a ridiculous amount of time playing core keeper. So yeah, I, I've, I've been playing it a lot. I, I really do like this one yeah i do think that if i play any more core keeper which I, i'm sure that i will but i think that if i when i play more core keeper i'm either going to stream it to my steam deck or i'll just play it on my pc like i don't have to play every game on deck i can play them on my pc and i i'm gonna guess that most of the people who subscribe to this show in addition to having a steam deck or in addition to wanting a steam deck they probably also have a pc as well hmm. so they can they can probably check it out on there if it doesn't work on the steam deck i have a game that um let me just grab my steam deck sure i have a game that does not work on steam deck that i installed this morning i got a review code for it and i was like oh i'm gonna check it out um and that is timothy in the tower of moo m m u Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to end up playing that on, on my PC and checking it out there. Uh, this one's definitely interesting. It's a side scroll. It's supposed to be like a hardcore side scrolling game and, uh, very pixel pixel art, uh, style. Um, but when I started it on the steam deck, I get a white, the, the right, uh, the upper right quadrant, the Northeast quadrant of my screen turns white and the game, like, then, well, then the game starts, and uh, if you hit, if you hit buttons, nothing happens except for sounds. Very similar to Blaster Master, almost like there's some kind of layer that's not loading in. And I've tried uh, all the different versions of Glorious Eggroll. None of them are working. I tried Proton Experimental, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, none of that stuff is working, so... I can't get that game to work, and that's sad for me. And it's kind of the same as Blaster Master 3. I can't get that game to work. But I got a PC that I can play that game on. So that's how I'll play it, and that's how I'll probably play Core Keeper as well. Nice. Yeah, it's it's good. I'm I'm really close to buying a couple other keys so that I can set up uh, Steam accounts for my kids to play this game because it, it's – I, I played so much Terraria with my with my daughter and and over the years with my with my son Minecraft with with them and and my wife as well and I think this would be like kind of a nice change up on that so um, I know I believe Core Keeper supports play together I, I think it's uh, definitely oh you mean remote play together yeah I, I think closed so it so I can't see I'm, I'm pulling it up right now okay. and if that's the case then I think at least uh, no it doesn't have it's only single player oh that's right Core Keeper doesn't no it's a have, multiplayer game. Um, Right, but it doesn't have local multiplayer, oh. so um, so remote play together wouldn't work. Uh, you'd have to do the online co-op. So yeah, I'm going to have to buy uh, two or three more licenses for this and set up uh, a few <laughs> different uh, Steam accounts because I think this is uh, this is a game that uh, everybody in my family is going to have just so much fun playing. Yeah, it looks really fun. Um, let's move on to a game that I know that you also own, uh, and that is morbid the seven acolytes i tried that this morning i bought it when it was on sale um i played it for not very long uh, like past the tutorial phase essentially mm-hmm. and 
Uh, this game is really interesting to me. It, it's a top-down hack and slash uh, kind of yep. game. You have like dodge rolls and parrying in order to like if a monster attacks you, you can parry and then get a bunch of extra damage that way. But then they also mm-hmm. have like sneaking, so you can like pull the right tr- or the left trigger in order to sneak up on enemies and then hit them with a big attack. I really. I mean, again, I'm super early on. This game is very, very interesting to me. You also will slowly fill up like an XP gauge, which is a weird like circle around your brain or something. And mm-hmm. uh, when you fill that up, then you can get like a, a point to customize your character so that your character is your own and not just the same as everybody else, which I think is really cool. Um, it's pretty cheap. It's got mostly positive reviews, but uh, recent reviews have it be mixed for some reason. Um, right. I'm, I'm interested in playing more of this game, but the combat is very slow and methodical. And yeah, when it, enemies hit you, they hurt you. Uh, in my opinion, the, it's, it's not that it's too hard, but it's definitely a higher difficulty than most games that look like this are. You were going to say something. Yeah. It, to me, this, this is like, uh, what happens when, um, people are friend or fans of Diablo and like demon souls yet uh, let's go to a world where technology didn't really progress much past yeah. the super nintendo so this is like you're playing a souls like on a super nintendo type thing and obviously the 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 engine is is bigger and better than anything you would have played on on a super nintendo but it has that kind of um aesthetic for the um the pixel art that's in the game and it's it's just this really interesting blend of two genres, um, one that I really love and one that I ain't so much a fan <laughs> of. Um, so but but getting into it, playing playing with the pixel art, uh, the fact that you have like you have like guns and swords and hammers and like mm-hmm. a bunch of different ways that you can kind of approach um, each of the battles that you're getting into. It's it's oddly compelling. Um, it, it's a game that I do want to check out more, even though I, I I'm not a big fan of Souls like games. Um, and but this one seems like I don't know. It, there's enough of the retro stuff baked into it where it's like I don't like Souls like. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to check this one out a lot more uh, than I've given it uh, a lot more time with it than I've given it so far. Yeah, I feel like I got killed and it didn't send me back too far. And that's like usually with a Souls-like game, when you get killed, it's very, like, that's the thing that's so frustrating. Uh, And also, the idea with most most Souls-like games, when you're playing them, you are, like, it's a 3D game. And it's harder to read the telegraphs in, like, Mm -hmm. a 3D game, especially when they're, like, doing, like, super detailed stuff. So, like, the enemy will, like, raise their right hand or something. You can't really show that adequately in a 2d game. So I feel like their telegraphs are a little easier to see than they are, or easier to notice when you're playing this than when you're playing a souls like game, like a full on traditional souls like game. But you know, we'll see again. I haven't played very much, but it's definitely a game that I've been uh, interested in. I picked it up and uh, it was on sale. And I think right now it's like five bucks. So uh, if you're interested in that, check it out. It may it may be on sale on Fanatical right now. Uh, so make sure you check that out as well. All right, Lloyd, you've been one, playing. Yeah, what? What's that? One other game. One other game that I've played. I, I don't really want to talk about it here um, so much as to say that uh, Tales of Vesperia is on or was on sale last week. I believe it's still on sale. Um, I want to say that I picked this one up directly on Steam. It wasn't even through a third party website. Um, and if you like the if, if you like JRPGs and if you've ever played a Tales game, um, a lot of people call Tales of Asperia the best one uh, that has ever been uh, made. Um, I'm not a, a huge player of the Tales games, um, but if you are looking for just a, an amazing JRPG that is loved by the community, Tales of Asperia, Vesperia is on for like ten dollars right now, 80 percent off on Steam. And this is another 100-hour RPG, if you want it to be. Um, and some of the animation and the cutscenes and everything, it's, uh, yeah, some of the best uh, that, that you'll play. So, yeah, if you if you want to play another JRPG, uh, and if we haven't talked about enough of them, uh, Tales of Vesperia, 
$10 on Steam, which is a ridiculous sale for uh, for this game. It, it did come out in 2019, so it's not a new, new game, but it's also not a very old game as well. So um, some people call it the best of the Tales games. I haven't played Tales of Arise, so I don't know, but um, your mileage may vary, of course. But uh, for $10, it seems like a, a no-brainer to me. There you go. Um, I have not played any of the Tales games. I did like download the demo for Tales of Arise. And it didn't like grab my attention, but I just, I have so many games to play that I can't possibly, I I just can't like JRPGs scare me away because they're always so long. Before we started recording, Lloyd and I were talking about Xenoblade Chronicles three. I really want to play it. So good. 140 hours. No, thank you. And he was like, well, you can probably beat it in about a hundred hours. I was like, well, somebody who's (laughs) good at stuff and has an attention span more than a fruit fly could probably do it in a hundred hours. If they say it's 140 hours, it's going to take me 200 hours at least to beat it. So, but anyway, here's a game that's not going to take you 140 hours to beat. And it is, of all of the Lego games, it's my favorite. And it's my favorite because of the cutscenes and the jokes and the humor. And I can't remember the guy who's like the the secretary, Frank, I think it is, that brings the donuts and stuff. I just love Lego City Undercover. Lloyd, you've been playing that game. Uh, yeah, you wanted to put talk about that. Go ahead. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, this is this has been my biggest uh, palate cleanser game between I've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles three. So I'll do like 10 hours of really uh, amazing, beautifully um, written JRPGs. And it's like, OK, enough of that. Let's play something else. And then I'll dip into Lego City Undercover for um, I don't know, a mission or two. And yeah, like you said, Bill, it's uh, it's the only Lego game um, like this, like like a typical uh tt games lego game where you have chapters and levels and you get new powers this is the only one that hasn't been based on a third-party property so um they made this specifically for the wii u um so there was a lot of uh a lot of nintendo content originally in this game which then they pulled out for all these versions because nintendo doesn't want uh you getting shines (laughs) and uh and hitting question mark blocks in a on another platform um, but, uh, yeah, it plays fantastic on the steam deck. I think it's on sale now. It wasn't part of that big Lego bundle, um, that was out on, um, humble bundle. So you would had to have bought it, um, separately. Uh, it doesn't look like it's on sale anymore. It's $30 right now, but I think I picked it up not too long ago for like $8, uh, us, um, which was a steal for this game. So yeah, it's, it's really fun. Um, if you do pick this one up, don't use the default uh, um, uh, control because it it wants you to use mouse and keyboard, which doesn't work very well. Um, make it use uh, like gamepad emulation, and then it works 100% because this game shipped with um, support for the Xbox controller. So you can just use it with a uh, gamepad, and uh, it works 100% without having to do any tweaking. But um, yeah, it's it's funny. It's, it's fun. Um, and... Yeah, it's it's a great palate cleanser if you're looking for something like that. You know, when the Steam Deck first came out and I would launch a game, it would like it would always go to like the community and it would be like, hey, what's the most used thing from the community for this particular game? And it was always a Steam controller thing. (laughs) Right. Okay. because nobody had a Steam Deck. What I've noticed lately and I don't know what like something you said just jumped in made this jump into my mind but what i've noticed lately is when you go into a game and you look at the community uh layouts that's the where people have gone through and completely customized the controls for a game and then they've said okay i think i nailed it and then they upload it or they just hit the upload button because they're trying things out um i'm seeing a lot more a lot more steam steam deck icons when you scroll through the list of available controllers i'm seeing a lot more of those steam deck icons than the steam controller icons which is really good because the steam deck has way more inputs than the steam controller and so a lot of times when you start a game and it went to the community and it was like this is the one that most people use when they play this game um, without a mouse and keyboard and then Mm -hmm. Like nothing works right because it was anticipating you using a Steam controller, not a Steam Deck, and so you still have to go through and fix stuff. That's happening yeah. less and less lately. Uh, and I've I, seen you, that as well. What's that? See, yeah, I'm seeing that as well. I'm actually seeing more games out of the uh, just just from the rip when I download it and it and it starts playing that support the the paddle buttons on the back of the Steam Deck, which for the first couple months um, 
of using the Steam Deck, I never saw any uh, profiles that had anything other than like your buttons and then using your trackpads as a D-pad or a mouse. Um, so they're they're using um, a lot more of the functionality of the Steam Deck now when they're uploading these profiles, which is uh, which is really really cool. Um, I call them pa- um, what is it uh, paddles. paddles. Uh, but someone in our in our community in our Discord said they should actually be called belly buttons. And now I can I, I only think of belly buttons now <laughs> I when I think that. of when I think of the uh, the buttons on the back. So now you you ruined that for me, whoever that was. Thank you for that. <laughs> Are you um, an so not, or an Audi? <laughs> that's right, right. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting seeing more more profiles supporting more functionality by default. Um, the Steam Deck using like gyro and other things uh, just enabled by default, um, or uh, when you enable them yourself having things appear in the little spaces instead of just the the dashes because they're not assigned to anything. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the uh, patch notes. Uh, this is a big one. SteamOS 3.3. Now, for Lloyd and I, we're not really seeing new stuff because we've been on beta or even preview. I think I'm on beta right now. I tried preview for a little bit and I ran into some issues, so I ran, I scurried back to beta. Um, sure. And uh, But now, a lot of the features that we've been using on um beta and preview they are now baked into the stable version of the operating system there's a lot of stuff here um obviously i don't want to go through the like these are long patch notes so we can't hit everything uh what are some things in here that jump out to you as probably the biggest changes that that people who were not on beta before are going to be really happy about give me one for me, um, I'm going to take two because they're related. All right, um, fine. <laughs> putting putting achievements and guides into the um, the little drawer that slides out when you hit the Steam button is just a no-brainer. I'm surprised it wasn't there at launch because it, it just fits there. But I didn't even think of putting them there. So it's not that, that Steam did anything that was, was bad. It just no, – I didn't think about that myself. Um, but the number of times that I've wanted to see, okay, I need to unlock an achievement. How do I do it? And then it's like, okay, where in the UI do I go again? Okay, let's go, let's hit the three dots and let's look to see if I unlocked an achievement, which will take me right to that page. No, I haven't unlocked one recently or I've rebooted. Where do I find this? Do I go to the game page? Do I go here? Do I go there? Now you just, you hit the steam button when you're playing a game and it slides out and it's, it's perfect. It's exactly what I needed. Um, So that's going to get a lot of use for me. Not that I'm an achievement hunter, but there's certain games where I want to I want to unlock certain things and I'll, or I want to see how far along I am in the game, knowing that there's an achievement for all mm, the chapters. Mm-hmm. And I just want to see, is there five more chapters or two more chapters? Having that in just a little slide out uh, is going to be huge for me. Yeah. Um, don't let Lloyd fool you. It's in his blood achievement hunting. <laughs> like he used to go to the store and buy like Barbie's Pony Express or whatever so that he could get an easy 10 points on his gamer score or whatever. I'm just kidding. Yep. But not uh, not quite that far. But right. yes, I have in the past in on uh, in PlayStation. I've bought I've bought games that uh, you could get achievements on PS3, PS4 and Vita um, because I know that I could get three platinums out of it. Um, that's how how deep uh, deep my psychosis was uh, back in the day. <laughs> Thankfully, I've mostly kicked that habit. <laughs> uh, one thing that I think is probably the biggest we've talked about it on the show before because we were on beta, but now it's stable and it's for everybody. And that's with docked mode. Being able to change uh, the scaling of the resolution. So when you plug it into docked mode, if you were hooked up to, say, a 4K or whatever TV, everything would be really, really small, impossible to read. That has been adjusted. Now you have a slider, and you can also have it auto, like, figure out what's the best scaling for you. I think that's one of the most important things. I still think that what they really need to do is... Have it so that this thing cannot output more than 1080p mm-hmm. if you have a little toggle checked. Because whenever I plug it in on docked mode, the the UI of this of the operating system in gaming mode slows to a crawl. It gets all chunky and slow, and yep. it's very very frustrating to use. Then when you load a game, it's fine. But just it's it's not a good experience. And I think and I could be wrong because I'm not an engineer, but I think that the reason for that is because it like it's doing that 4K signal and it's like, well, this is a lot for me to do. Um, and uh, when then when you load up a game, you're not you're not at 4K anymore. But I, I would really think that that'd be a good thing. But the scaling is a very, very important thing. Anything else jump out to you uh, as 
super, super important? Um, the, the fact that they removed Firefox from the default oh, yeah. OS that was, it, it had an insecure version of Firefox is a good thing. Not that people that wouldn't know how to go in and update their Firefox or add a different browser would ever probably be susceptible to these issues. And if you didn't go into desktop mode, you wouldn't be susceptible to them yeah. at all. Um, but just from a security standpoint, getting any sort of attack vectors out of shipping software is a good thing. Um, so for them to do that, just make sure that this OS is uh, as secure it can be or as secure as it can be, um, which is a good thing going forward. Yeah. Now, when Steam uh, launched SteamOS, when Valve launched SteamOS 3.3, they introduced a micro stutter to some people were getting. And uh, they launched this on August 2nd, which is like five days ago at this point, at eight o'clock in the evening. And then Lawrence Yang... Uh, tweeted this out on August 3rd uh, at, at like 6 in the afternoon. He said, quick note, we just shipped an update with the stable and beta channels that fixes the stuttering issues some folks were seeing on Steam Deck. I mean, is less than a day before they were able to fix that. That's crazy to me how yeah. fast they're able to work. They haven't done that for a while. Like back when you had your Steam Deck before mine had had arrived or whatever, um, I remember that happening where it's like, oh, yeah, we released this. Oh, we screwed up so much for, <laughs> for pushing out a release on a Friday. We have a quick update here and they would push out a, a beta fix to it or whatever. Um, seeing them do stuff like that again, um, I don't know, makes makes my heart happy. Uh, doing what they all they can do to make this product the best it can be um, is is commendable. Um, but they're also inc incredibly fast about it, just like your uh, reply to Lawrence Yang was. Um, and then he's like, yeah, we have crazy smart people who work for us, um, which is obviously very, very true. Ab absolutely. Uh, speaking of people who work on the Steam Deck, Pierre Lugrafi uh, tweeted this out. He said, Proton Experimental has just been updated with an initial Halo Infinite support. We are still looking into rendering issues, but it should be in game now. Um, I have already uninstalled Halo Infinite on my Steam Deck like I had installed it. I tried it out. It was a framey mess. Did not work. I was not using Proton Experimental. I was using, <coughs> excuse me, GE Proton, I think 27 at the time, and it was not working very well for me. I sure. ended up uninstalling it because I was like, if I'm just going to play Halo, I'll just play it on my Xbox where I know I'm going to have the best experience. And I can, you know, play other games on my Steam Deck. Um, but then this came out, and I almost reinstalled it, but then I saw some people in our community Discord saying, ah, it's still kind of kind of low frame rate for me. But then I've also seen people on the subreddit saying, oh, this is the guide that you have to follow if you want to get 60 frames per second in Halo Infinite. I don't want to have to deal with a guide, so I'm just not going to bother. That being said... Sure. On the community or on the official subreddit uh, slash r slash Steam Deck, you can go there and you can get help on how to get the most frames per second out of Halo Infinite. I'll just keep playing it on my Xbox, uh, but it's yeah. really nice that people from Valve are working on this because I know that this is a really big game. I love Halo Infinite. I think it's a great game. Both the single player and the multiplayer, I really like it. I know that it's not a popular thing to say amongst uh, old school Halo fans, but I think it's a fantastic game. And the fact that Valve are helping to make it run better on Steam Deck is just awesome. Uh, have you tried it on Deck, Lloyd? I have not. Um, I'm. I was a big fan of. I or I am a big fan of Halo. Halo's one one of the franchises that uh, I love since the original um, version came out on on the Xbox and played every version of of Halo. Where I am now in my life, I'm not a big fan of competitive multiplayer uh, shooters because I'm not as good as I used to be. And I don't want to spend the time uh, because in the past I didn't have the time because I'd have to play all the different games that I wanted to talk about. Maybe now that'll change, but probably not. He's going um, so, broke, everybody. He's going pro. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but because I've already played through the campaign, um, there's really no reason for me to install it on on deck. But uh, maybe down the road, once it just works right out of the box uh, and I want to get in some multiplayer, um, it seems like the deck would be the perfect home for a game like this. Um, so hopefully they keep working at it with uh, both Valve, um, the open source community working on Proton, but also uh, Microsoft making it um, easier to install. Like I, one of my dreams, Bill, um, before the Steam Deck 2 comes out 
is that there is uh, an official Epic client. There's an official Microsoft Game Pass client. There's an official GOG client. Like, it would just be so nice not to have to use Heroic Launcher and then workarounds to get all these other games working. Um, I, I doubt that will happen, to yeah, be quite honest. it'd be nice. But man, it would be so amazing if you could just install the Game Pass app, uh, start your Xbox cloud streams from there. Uh, I know you could do it with an Edge browser and make your own shortcut, but it'd be nice to have an official one. And then install all your games, uh, games, game pa- or PC Game Pass, I think they call it now, games, directly onto your deck right from that client. It would be just fantastic. So I, I can hope. I'm going to hold out hope, but uh, I highly doubt that something like that will be coming officially. I mean, I, I, I'm with you that I, there, there's a whole lot of doubt that that kind of thing could happen. But if the Steam Deck continues to be as popular as it is, then a lot of these companies will have to say, all right, well, we're leaving money on the table by not allowing sure. our games to be on that platform. So let's make it happen. Um, I think of everybody that you listed, Microsoft is the most likely to have that happen, if only through the cloud. And I fully expect that at some point Microsoft will put um Xbox cloud gaming as a downloadable thing, like not not downloading the games, but like you just go into the Steam store, you install Xbox cloud gaming on your Steam Deck, and that way right. you don't have to go into desktop mode because as soon as you say go into desktop mode and do this, you lose a whole bunch of the people who have these things. And I know that a lot of our audience is like, no, 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 uh, we, we do it. But yeah, we, the people <laughs> who do a podcast about this show or about this device, the people who are interested in a podcast about this device, most of those people are very techie people. And most of the people who are buying devices like this are just going to use them the way that, is the default way, which is you go into gaming mode, you buy your games from the store there, you install them because they're verified and it works. So I do think that Microsoft is eventually going to put a version of Xbox cloud gaming on the, on the steam deck. I don't think, however, that they will eventually put game pass on the steam deck as much as I would like them to. I think that they don't want to do that. That's uh, um, a, a bridge too far, uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Sure. Microsoft has been putting games out on other platforms and trying to prove to the U.S. government that they're not uh, <laughs> anti-competitive. So may, maybe that'll happen. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. You never know. All right. Speaking of games on the Steam Deck, uh, the official at on deck. That's not our Twitter handle, by the way. That's the official <laughs> Twitter handle. They beat me to it. Um, But they tweeted out, we love seeing what games folks play on Steam Deck versus desktop. And these are the top 10 titles of the past week on deck. Uh, Multiverses is number one, followed by Vampire Survivors, then Stray, then Elden Ring, No Man's Sky, Hades, Stardew Valley, Grand Theft Auto V, Aperture Desk Job, and Monster Hunter Rise. Um, this, This list does not surprise me at all except for the fact that Vampire Survivors is still number two. Like, this is a $3 game that if you (laughs) look at the... When Lloyd told me about this game, he's like, Bill, you got to try out Vampire Survivors. And I looked at it and I said, Lloyd, you are nuts. And then I I bought it because it was $3. Right. And I installed it and I fell in love with this game. Um, You know why I think that's so high on this list? I think it's so high on this list because it's incredibly small download size and incredibly low price. So as soon as somebody gets their Steam Deck, they're like, I want to play a game. I want to play a game right away. Vampire right. Survivors is it. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you're you're completely accurate with that. Like I, I installed Vampire Survivors like one of my first games, not because I wanted to play it first, but it, it installed in like three seconds. So mm-hmm. it was like, OK, well, I guess that's installed. I still want Skyrim to be the first game I play on this hardware, so I'm going to have to wait a long time for all that stuff to install. Um, but yeah, you, you got you got to be right, Bill. A bunch of people probably got on top of uh, of their their Steam Deck and and were, were installing things. It's like this is so good. I don't want to wait. Uh, is there anything installed by default? No. What's the smallest game I can think of? And they installed Vampire Survivors. Um, 
that said, I'm really happy to see this list. And I really wish that this was something that showed up in the UI somewhere. Yes. You could see like the top 10 games that are played on deck because this is great advertising for the these developers that these 10 games obviously work really well on deck because they are the top 10 that are being played. Um, and then just have them link directly to the, the the download page like that would make so much sense. So hopefully in the future we, we do get something like that because it seems like a no brainer to me. You Although know, you don't want to clutter a UI any more than it already is. But true. I'm sure they can find a place for it. Yeah. I mean, just somewhere in the store where when yep. you bring it up, um, you, you mentioned pre-installed. Boy, I got to say, it really bothers me that Aperture Desk Job mm-hmm. is not pre-installed on the deck. Um, so many people get their hands on the steam deck. They never try that game. It's number nine. It is a game made specifically to showcase the features of the steam deck and it is not pre-installed. That's weird to me. Does that, is that weird to you, Lloyd? It's number nine. We we've talked about this so much in the past. Like this is ripe for valve to ship portal on this device and have motion controls built into it. Mm-hmm. Like they could have done so much to show off the steam deck and then aperture, uh, aperture desktop was announced. It's like, okay, that's kind of like how, how do I steam deck uh, the game? Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. Bake it into the thing. So that uh, the first thing that shows up when you install it, log into your steam account is aperture desktop, just desk job. I can't talk um, with a ready to play icon on it. You hit it. You start playing while your other stuff is downloading would, would just be a complete no brainer. Yeah. And it's like it's a 30 minute game. So like you, you learn how to how to use the different controls. It 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 turns on that light bulb for some people when they use the track pads for the first time. And you could see the little track balls on the desk in the game <sighs> moving around and you can yeah. see it and you can feel it as it's moving. You're just like, oh, I get it. it. I understand what they were going for here. And like you said, it, you said it perfectly. Having that be the experience while you're downloading other games is really, that would be really, really smart. And it's a free game. It's, it's not like they're get losing anything by doing that. And then just let me uninstall it when I'm done. Uh, and way more people need to play that game because it's good. It's 30 minutes long. The voice acting is so good. Oh my God. It is some of the best voice acting since portal Two. Uh, just so fantastic. And, uh, you, you guys, you got to check that game out. If you haven't already, it's, it's really good. And it shows off the, the steam decks possibilities, uh, really well. All right. hundred percent. Speaking of possibilities for steam deck, there are a whole bunch of more people who are going to be able to get their hands on the steam deck. And we're not talking about them speeding up shipping. We talked about that, uh, recently, boy, did that happen after, did that happen last, after the last episode or I, I know I made sure a video about it. I think it was before the last episode. Yeah, I made I a video. So. We talked about it. Yeah, I think we talked about it. Okay. Um, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the fact that the Steam Deck is now available for pre-order in more countries. This is, again, from the official uh, tweets. They said Steam Deck is coming to new regions starting today. And this was on August 3rd. Uh, Starting today, you can reserve Steam Deck in Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, and Hong Kong with the help of Komodo, Steam Deck's authorized reseller in those regions. That's awesome. Getting this device into the hands of more people across the world is going to make publishers more interested in making sure that their games, uh, that their developers are making, run well on this platform. So, I think that that's really, really good news. They also uh, uh, replied to their own tweet. They said, if you reserve in these new regions, you'll be able to order your Steam Deck later this year. The Komodo reservation queue is separate from the reservation queue in NA, UK, and EU regions, so people who've already reserved won't see any impact on their current shipping estimates. I'm glad that they said that. Otherwise, I'm sure that there would be a bunch of people shaking their fists at the air. No, no, me first. That kind of thing. Uh, reaction to this, Lloyd? I think it's huge. Uh, I think it's going to be good, especially Japan. Like mm-hmm. um, over the years, covering seventeen years of covering the games industry, including like PSP and and the the portables from Nintendo. The market in Japan is a portable game system. Um, consoles sell um, when they're the Nintendo Switch because they can be played portably. 
um, PlayStation um, consoles are down year over year, or maybe not year over year. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but um, it's not as much of a hot spot for PlayStation consoles as it used to be. Um, It's more uh, mobile and handheld gaming kind of environment. So bringing the Steam Deck there, and while you're not really letting people access PC games for the first time, because obviously you could do it through Steam, bringing up a portableized uh, console or a consoleized uh, PC gaming portable makes total sense for Japan. Oh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens across the rest of the regions as well. South Korea, Taiwan, Hong Kong. I, I can just see these selling uh, very well over there. Um, and it's great that Steam Deck partnered with an, another company to help them with it. Um, just so that they didn't have to um, like reinvent the wheel over there. Um, they have a, they have a, I don't know, a, a way to get all these things out to the people um, through that partnership with uh, Komodo. So yeah, good on them. This is going to be, uh, this is going to be great for the, the Steam Deck community as a whole. Getting more people across the world playing this means more games are going to come uh, and launch with that verified check. And it will be treated just as well as say like the ascent where when you you bring up your in-game menu you're actually on a little steam deck inside of it we're going to see more interesting and awesome things like that appear uh as the the months and and years tick on um and expanding it to more people is a great thing absolutely um this is very this is a very interesting video Uh, lloyd did you get a chance to watch this video that i put in the show notes I didn't, and because we, I saw the show notes late, so I've been, I've been kind of scrubbing around this a little bit, and this is fascinating, fascinating, because oh, yeah. we've, we've seen. Oh, this, uh, not to bury the lead, this is a video that was put out um, showing just a, a, a metric ton of the sort of, um, I don't know, st- starting points for the Steam Deck when they were working it out, all the prototypes, all the ideas that they had, and kind of going through it um, and showing them off. This is just completely fascinating from a how do you make uh, a device and bring it to market standpoint. Um, I, I I like this a lot and I'm going to be watching this uh, multiple times, I'm sure, just because some of these devices are just so cool looking. Yeah, I watched I watched through it twice, once just sitting there watching it. And then I was like, OK, I need to take some notes um, <laughs> because it was really cool. So there's this one uh, scene in the video where they show on the wall these drawings uh, made by people who are in charge of like ergonomics or something like that. And they show like the human thumb. I'm trying to get it on the screen, uh, but like it's moving around real quick here. Here we go right here. Uh, And I don't want to play the video because you guys should go and watch this video yourselves. Uh, And there is a link in the description or the show notes or however it is that you, you see the stuff that we talk about. Um, They show like the human hand and the thumb And the range of where you can comfortably have inputs with the with with the human thumb. And I'm trying to get to that that point in the video Um, right here. Uh, You can see like they were like, okay, these are the places where when you have your your hand on this device, you can easily manipulate something. And that's where we want to put all of the controls. We want to put all of the controls where you can easily get to them. And you go back to the very first episode of the show where after I had my hands on the steam deck and I said, it is the most comfortable device ever that I've ever used. And they, they specifically said in the video that they designed the device around comfort first Uh, during the pandemic shutdown. Uh, when now they couldn't be together anymore, uh, they ended up 3D printing like a little fake screen that had a metal rod going through it. And then they would 3D print these, the handles that they would send out. They would 3D print them for everybody on the team and they would send them out. They would mail them to them and they would be like, okay. And they were just like these white 3D printed things so they could get it in their hands and be like, all right. This is not comfortable. This is too harsh. This is too round. This is too whatever. This is too warm. This is too cold. This is just right. You know, (laughs) they went through all of those things with a whole team of people for multiple weeks, just reiterating, sending out new little handles out there, completely reiterating over and over again. And then once they figured out this is how wide it should be, because they had a little metal arm 
that I'm going to see if I can find that. They had a little metal arm that they could adjust how wide the Steam Deck was. Once they got yep. the width and the angles and the the grips all nailed down, they figured out this is how big the device can be. And now that we know how big the device can be, now we need to figure out how to power that device for gaming. And then that's right. when they started building prototypes. So there's a reason why this is the most comfortable device out there. Um, yeah. I thought that this was just a fascinating video uh, to, to watch. And it, you absolutely, they, 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 you should definitely watching, watch it. They talk about why the trackpads are the shape that they are because the Steam controller shipped with round trackpads. And when the Steam Deck shipped, they went with the square ones and people were like, well, why? Why didn't you go with round ones? Round ones are better. They said, well, you know, we did the research and we figured that you go with round trackpads, you don't get as much surface area for your thumb in that sweet spot, that the, the good zone of where your mm -hmm. thumb can go. Uh, so, yeah. Lloyd, you got to watch this video. You're going to like it. Yeah, like I said, I've flipped through it a bunch of times and it, it it's... The thing, like I'm, I've been shaking my head this whole time, flipping through it, and just coming to the realization that they pretty much made this whole product in the midst of a shutdown. Yeah. And I can't imagine the difficulty that would come from having to do that. Um, but they, they did the the due diligence. They they made a rig that would work with all these things, and then they just started 3D printing. They used the 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 technology that they had available to uh, assist with this. Um, creation of, of an entirely new piece of hardware and form factor for um for valve um and and they did it they did it in like the, the worst global pandemic that we've ever had it's just it, it just blows my mind that the steam deck is as amazing as it actually is when you you think about all the things that they had going against them when they were working and creating this device yeah and a lot of the time a lot of the times when people talk about the steam deck they talk about how huge it is and they were like, yeah, we had, a, we had a prototype that was smaller. You couldn't read anything. All of the text was too small to read. So we had to, we had to make it bigger. And then people are like, boy, it'd be nice with a bigger screen. And they were like, yeah, it would be nice with a bigger screen. But with a bigger screen, that means you got to push more pixels. And that means you got to have a bigger battery. And that means that it gets heavier. And now it's not as comfortable anymore. And it has to get thicker. And it has to get wider. And they've gone through all these different things they designed it for comfort first now when i first watched this video i got to this point in the video and i looked and i was uh -huh. like oh my god they're making a steam controller too that is not what this is this is so that no. they could figure out what which track pads to use which makes me super sad because i really want a steam controller uh too but um they tried rectangular track pads 16 by 10 trackpads instead of a one-to-one -one trackpad, which makes a lot of sense because the screen is a 16 by 10 screen. So it would make sense to have a six, a rectangular 16 by 10 trackpad. But that way you're having this one-to-one -one experience when you reach over. But what they found is on the right-hand side, like if you're watching the video over here, if on the right-hand side, when you try and use that area of the trackpad, you just can't reach it very well. Right. So all of the decisions that they made were for trade-offs. And when you are dealing with a portable device, it's all trade-offs. And I think that I don't think that I'm alone in thinking that the trade-offs that they decided to go with and prioritize are the right ones. I mean, you can tell me yeah. why I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I, I, I think you're exactly 100% correct. And it just shows the lengths they went through to make this. And, and again, we're not we're not pretending that other companies haven't done this in the past that they oh, haven't right. run. They haven't run out a uh, hundred different prototypes to see what works best for them. Um, but I don't remember another company that was showing off all their prototypes because they don't want to give up, uh, give out ideas that they worked on to other companies. Valve's like, yep, we did all this stuff. They're all crap. This is what we went <laughs> with because, because of all the stuff that we did, uh, all the, all the, the work over these numbers of, of years and months getting this thing locked away um, all the stuff didn't work and it didn't work for these reasons. Um, so if nothing else, this is just another way that valve is giving back to the, 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 the open source PC community. Um, people, other companies can come. I, I, Neo can come and say, Oh, I like that prototype. Oh, valve says it didn't work for this reason. Okay. We need to, we, we need to, I don't know, 
make it more like this if, mm-hmm. if we want uh, to be comfortable for users. So, uh, yeah, again, just the transparency um, that Valve is showing with this whole device um, just continues to blow me away. Well, and on top of that, you know, if some third party sees what they did and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to try it like this. That's good. Mm-hmm. Competition's good. Great. And it doesn't yeah. hurt Valve a, a bit because they can say, hey, by the way, you can have SteamOS 3 for free and install that on your uh, on your hardware. And then when you sell your hardware, we'll sell our software and everything works out in the end for them. All right. right. Uh, we're probably going to lightning round the rest of this because we're coming up on an hour already. Uh, so upcoming games, um, Axiom Verge 2 is uh, now a it's coming to Steam. I, I got to click on this. Uh, Tom Hab tweeted this out on what day? August 11th. August 11th. I loved Axiom Verge 1. I did not pick mm-hmm. up the second one, uh, but I should. Um, have you played both of them? I've only played the first one. I, I did not snag the second one as well. It's a really good Metroidvania made by a single guy all by himself, uh, and it's really fantastic. And I'm sure that the second one is also fantastic. Speaking of games that are coming to Steam, uh, Spider-Man uh, Remastered is now Steam Deck verified. So that means it's got that fancy green check mark. I've seen a lot of people say, I don't know how much, how, how, what that really says uh, with the check mark because the check mark, some games that are check marked might not run the way that you want. Uh, (laughs) That being said, it does have the check mark, which means that Valve has checked it out and uh, they've said, there you go. I'm, interested i'm not gonna buy it for steam deck though because i got a i got a copy of well this is actually the miles morales one and this is the different one right yeah that's the newest one this is the newest one or that's the newest that's the newest one? the one that you're holding in your hand is the newest one with miles okay. morales in it that's the original one that came out in like 2019 or whenever whenever that game came out okay so maybe i will pick that one up on deck and then i will play this one on my ps5 because I'm interested in it. It's been sitting on my desk for, I don't know, like three, four weeks, ever since I got my PS5, and I have yet to put it in because I've been playing on my Steam Deck instead. That's uh, it's <laughs> like my copy of Ratchet and & Clank and this PlayStation <laughs> Now code, which is uh, useless now because it, PlayStation Now doesn't exist anymore. Um, I've had this forever. I don't have a PS5. I can't find one. Or when I, when I do see one in stores, it's like, well, I have enough to play. I'm not buying an $800 piece of equipment because you'd only buy it in bundles these days um so this game continues to sit here waiting for me to play it it just seems sad sitting there lonely in its corner i i have been playing my ps5 just not the spider-man game i've been playing final fantasy uh which we've talked about on the show a million times so i don't want to jump into there all right uh last thing that i want to talk about before we get out of here is survival game fest that's the deals on deck uh you've got a whole bunch of survival games that are on sale right now I don't play too many survival games. Uh, They just tend not to really uh, interest me too much. That being said, uh, my son has told me a million times that Subnautica is awesome. Yeah. And I'm going to believe him. I'm just not going to play it right now because I get too much to play. It's currently on sale for 15 bucks uh, during the... Uh, the Steam Survival Fest. Any game from the Survival Fest jump out at you as one that that people need to know about or try out? Yeah, I was going to say Subnautica. I played through the entirety of the first game, and it's not what you think it is as you make your way through it. It's it's um, by far um, one of my favorite uh, survival experiences that I've had uh, that isn't Minecraft or Terraria, um, uh, other games in addition to it. Uh, but they're they're featuring No Man's Sky right at the top um, for me. It's on, it's on the featured games. Yours is showing something a little bit different. Oh, there you go. Um, no Man's Sky. It doesn't appear to be on sale, though. Yeah. Um, so it's it's that? strange, strange that they're featuring it not on sale. Um, when this game goes on sale, if you haven't played No Man's Sky, uh, the sheer amount of content that they've added to the game since it f- failed and flopped um, <laughs> is unbelievable. Um, so you can easily get 500 hours out of this game if you want, or you could play through it in 2030, get get to the center of the universe and say, you know, that was fun. Uh, and it plays like a dream on the Steam Deck. That's awesome. All right. Let us know what are your favorite survival games uh, that, that you've played on deck. Uh, either add us on Twitter or hit us up uh, in the comment section 
down below. Uh, that's it for this episode of On Deck. Thank you guys for hanging out with me and Lloyd. And uh, Lloyd will be back next episode. Right, Lloyd? Yeah, that's, that's the plan, unless I get hit by a truck. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'll be don't here, say that. I'll be here. For, I'll be <laughs> hit. I, 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 don't, I don't stand around too many trucks, so I should be safe. Um, we'll just throw it out there. But, yeah, no, my, my current plan is to do a couple more episodes, uh, bring us to the end of this month, and then uh, sail away to the sunset that is not having to do podcasts each and every week for the next little while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm super happy to, to have you with me, and I'm super excited for you for all the free time that you are about to have. So uh, thank you for being on the show with me, and uh, we will see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everyone. <laughs>